When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. We hit hump day with some series about to restart or crank up, however you want to look at it. If you are into the NBA, you're at one all NBA finals game three tonight, switching to South Beach. If you're into NCAA softball and you either want Oklahoma to keep doing it or you want somebody to finally stop them from doing it, that series starts tonight. OU going for, what would it be, 52 in a row? If they get the title, it's going to be 53 in a row uh, that they would have won, and it would be three titles in a row. It's Florida State trying to stop them on the softball side. Obviously, Texas baseball is getting ready for Stanford on Saturday, so we're going to hit all that, plus some reactions from this whole PGA live agreement that everybody's still trying to figure out. And at 12.30, Cowboys fans... Probably your best player saying things that might be stuff you don't want to say at this point. But come on, he's a Dallas Cowboy. That's what the summer's about, saying stuff you probably shouldn't say. We'll get to all of it. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? Happy Wednesday, everybody. You know, I can't wait till 15 years from now we go back and... They will make a 30 for 30 on the Oklahoma Sooners softball team for all doing PEDs. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be a great day for me. Is that your accusation right now? Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is absolutely bananas. I can't stand it. Oh, man, I really was hoping Stanford could at least stop the run. I don't think anybody was going to beat them this year in terms of the title, but can y'all please stop this streak? No, yeah, I think they probably have a connection with Marion Jones Connect. <laughs> So that's that's you know I'm just saying you're y'all say- y'all hey y'all see what I see it's a little fishy you're this saying it's too easy you're saying it's highly pharmaceutical I'm just Could be saying a pharmaceutical? yeah yeah, yeah. over the table I don't know I'm a firm believer that in the world of baseball slash softball it's just so hard to do things over and over and over and over and over so hitting streaks like what Dylan Campbell's pulling off right now blow my mind oh it's incredible and then winning streaks like what Oklahoma's doing blow my mind Texas had that one earlier this year when we said you were saying oh let's have them do this on the homestand and what they do was it 14 and 0 or 16 and 0 or something yeah. like those are amazing to me the idea that they have won 51 straight games is stupid That's absolutely crazy. Uh, So they'll play tonight, and we're going to get into some NBA Finals as well. Uh, Real quick, though, Zay, I think we need to throw out uh, an RIP. We don't often talk pro wrestling on this show, but people do know that I'm a pro wrestling freak. Have been my whole life. Zay will admit that for at least part of his life, he was a pro wrestling freak. Still am in a way. That part of me will never leave. The Iron Sheik 
died today. One of the great heels of all time was 81 years old. Rest in peace to the Sheik. If you are at work today and one of the people in your office puts on a video and you hear a man screaming in an Iranian accent and he's screaming the word jabroni, it's okay. He's just They're just paying tribute because that's pretty much what he did on Twitter for the last few years of his life. Called everyone a jabroni, screamed and yelled. Apparently his last tweet ever was all capital letters saying F the wildfires in Canada. <laughs> that, was, that was like his last tweet on earth. Rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. And Zay, I thought it might be appropriate for us to pay tribute in a way that we have done before on a few things. But to me, the Sheik is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling heels all time. So today, I'd like to know what everybody else thinks of the other three spots. Or if you want to tell me you've got four other names that would top the Sheik, we can have that discussion. I'll put the Iron Sheik on the Mount Rushmore, and y'all help me fill it in. Give me your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling heels. Yeah, because I don't remember Sheik that much. I knew he was a legend, but that was before my time of even watching wrestling. As we know, I came into the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. That's when I was around nine, eight years old. So, so what? What are the heels you remember first? Triple H. To be mm. honest, when he was a heel, it I was thought a good he was. Heel. Yeah, just going up against The Rock and Stone Cold and them. Uh, Kurt Angle. Oh, great heel! When he was a heel, good call. Good you heel. Suck. Yep. You suck. That was amazing. See, Iron Sheik was a heel that was supposed to be a heel. Kurt Angle was a great heel that wasn't supposed to be a heel. (laughs) It just happened. The crowd decided they didn't want it shoved down their face, shoved down their throat, and it's like, nope. You're a heel. Yeah. yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, and then he, I'm with it. And then he did. If you embrace it, then you can rock that thing. You, some some people, you know, they don't like all the hype that the main guys get, that your your rival gets. Yeah. You know, but some guys embrace it, and it makes them a better wrestler. Uh, like I talked to you in prep, JBL, Bradshaw. JBL is a damn good heel. Yo, man, that clothesline, the fact that he was from Texas, he was a dirty son of a B. And they played that song for him that made it almost sound like the Dallas theme song. <laughs> like he was a low-down oil oil baron who was treating everybody bad. Every time that music fired up, you'd think, oh, Lord, here comes JBL. Oh, that music was cold, boy. He had the hat and the car with the horns on the front. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I don't know who my fourth one would be. I would have to think. I know y'all are going to give us a lot of, uh, you know, guys out there that were heels. But, yeah, it's a tough one, and RIP to the Sheik. Absolutely. Somebody texted us already on the Specs text line. Remember, if you want to jump in, 337-3776. It says, Chad, being from Waxahachie, I can't stand the Freebirds. Thought they were the biggest heels. Yeah, if you want to throw all the Freebirds in as the, you know, free uh, the heel ensemble, that would be good. I'll just say maybe Michael P.S. Hayes, if you're going to pick one guy out right. of the Freebirds. He was such a great heel back in the day. In terms of the pretty boy heels, Michael Hayes is one of the top guys. Because you, you know, handsome guy, had the hair, the look. You knew he had the girls, but God, you couldn't stand him. Uh, that That's a great one. Rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. And uh, we'll hit a little bit of that discussion today. Um, we will get into this golf thing, uh, PGA Live, all that reaction going on and... 
the craziness uh, that's in you know that the, the world of golf is dealing with. But we also need to talk a little NBA Finals. Zay, this schedule stretches out and stretches out and stretches out. Um, but we get the game back tonight after what you saw in Game Two. The comments you've heard from Coach Malone, the comments that Eric Spolstra made, trying to avoid probably giving some bulletin board stuff to the Nuggets. How are you sizing up Game 3 tonight now that we switch to Miami? Well, my trained eye tonight says that I think the Denver Nuggets probably practice a lot of zone offense Mm. because that's what mucked up their chemistry and their flow, especially in Game 2. And really, kind of like what we saw in Game 1 with Miami, they missed a lot of shots that they normally hit, even though Miami was sticking to their men and not allowing guys like Jamal Murray or KCP, Michael Porter Jr., to knock down threes. They weren't focusing on Joker and letting him eat. And when Joker only gets four assists, you got to like your chances if you're the opposing team. So the Heat aren't going to change much. And if I'm Mike Malone, that's all we did. We practiced zone. Your man offense should be good. I mean, when they go man at different times, you need to get back to that two-man game with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. That's obvious. I don't care if Jimmy Butler and Bam on the bile. They're good defenders, but they cannot stop those guys. And you got to slow down Jamal Murray, which they did in game two. You got to get Jamal Murray in his sweet spot. And that's those inverted pick and rolls, those normal pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, dribble loops, where he's coming off the dribble and knocking down jump shots in the lane, mid-range jumpers. That's how you have to win in the postseason. You've got to have at least one guy that can knock down mid-range jumpers consistently. Jamal Murray's done that throughout the playoffs, and so has Jimmy Butler, their main guy. So Nikola Jokic, he'll be fine. I wouldn't worry about him at all. But Mike Malone, even though he challenged his team, I thought he made some questionable decisions in game two. I mean, come on, dog. You got your bench players, Bruce Brown, plus 14, plus minus. Jeff Green, plus 12, plus minus. And then Christian Brown, plus eight. While your starters, KCP, minus 14. uh, Michael Porter Jr., minus 15. And those guys played way more minutes than those normal those guys that are coming off the bench. That's an issue. You got to feel the game. You got to read the game. You got to understand, oh, even though these guys made mistakes, which I talked about a couple of days ago, Bruce Brown and Christian Brown, they gave up like eight points, bang, 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 in the fourth quarter when Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent went on that run to start the fourth that kind of separated the lead a little bit. A lot of that was on Christian Brown and Bruce Brown. But mm-hmm. all you got to do is talk to those guys, let them know, hey, switch it. That's coaching. Like, switch it. And instead, he went to the podium and ripped them a new one and talked about them just being undisciplined, which they were. Like, they're NBA players. They should figure it out. Like, you should know, I got Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson on a down screen action play. I'm just going to switch. Like, let's not make this complicated. They messed it up about three times, and the Miami Heat scored on all three of those times when they went on that run. So, cleaning up stuff like that, like Aaron Gordon fouling Jimmy Butler on that and one, KCP three, like, Three 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 point fouls. Yeah, he needs as a defender. He needs to go practice jumping straight up and down. Yeah, just put the hand up. Give me a vertical jump or yeah, just the hand. Don't just, leave the ground. Just put the hand up. If they rise over it, so be it. But you got to do your work early so they don't catch the ball in their sweet spot so they can elevate. So I think they're gonna be way better defensively. And Miami, I just. Keep doing what you're doing offensively. They haven't been able to stop you at all. Game one, Shrews went 0 for 10. About nine of those shots were good shots. Duncan Robinson went 1 for 6. He wasn't good. They were both good in game two. I expect them Mm -hmm. to still shoot the ball well, but 
Jimmy Butler, he's kind of been interesting in this series. He hasn't really put his foot on the gas pedal offensively in the first part of the game. Yes, he had that eight points in the fourth quarter, and it was timely and definitely needed, but it seems like he's filling out the game and letting his other guys eat. And I think Coach Spolstra, he's looking at Bam out of bile to try to tire Jokic out, which Bam has delivered. Offensively, he's had over 25 points in the last two games. So. He's been the most consistent thing, I think, for either team in both games. Exactly. So yeah. they're running the offense through him, and Jimmy Butler's fine with that. He'll pick and choose when he'll have to take over, and if you're the Nuggets, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it's weird. The start both of these games, I would argue, on one side, Denver's starters have had a kind of a clunky start in both games, and Butler has too. Neither of those things has gotten going. We'll see if one of those two can get going tonight. One thing I wanted to ask you about the Denver defense, if they do what, you, what you're talking about, if they, if they switch those things, can Denver be a good defensive team? Or do at their best for you, are they just a really good offensive team that can make a few stops? Well, you gotta take a page out of what the Miami Heat are doing to them. You gotta say, all right, Bam on the bio, we're gonna allow you to get these shots and then stick on Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess and Kevin Love. You can't allow those guys to knock down shots. Even Jimmy Butler. Let Jimmy Butler go score. That's fine. It's when everybody else is knocking down threes and then it opens things up inside for Butler and Bam out of bile to eat. So mm. you're kind of picking your poison there. No, you want to do what you did in game one, not let Struce go off and knock down shots because that's deflating, especially in Miami now. That's going to get the crowd up. Just right. threes are different than twos, obvious reasons. And then see what happens after that. But Gabe Vincent, he's a dog. Like they gotta do something about him because he'll—he's another guy you could put the ball in the hands of, and he'll go get you buckets. And I think they gotta put Bruce Brown on him at times, and they have to put keep Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler the whole game. You can't switch that matchup because that's what they're looking to do. They're trying to switch it any way they can, and. Keep Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler. That's your best bet if you want to win the series if you're the Denver Nuggets. So tonight they will crank it back up on ABC at 7.30. Winner obviously will be up 2-1 Denver and Miami in South Beach. Again, on the text line, it's 337-3776. In honor of uh, the death of the Iron Sheik, we're talking about your favorite heels in pro wrestling, your heels, Mount Rushmore, Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, and Ted DiBiase have all been mentioned. Wow. Good heels. Abdullah the Butcher, Dirty Dick Murdoch, Ivan the Polish Hammer Putski, Kamala the Ugandan Giant. I loved Kamala when I was a kid. Oh, I was terrified of Kamala. That was an incredible character that they created there. Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, uh, Triple H, Bald Randy Orton, and Edge. Bald Randy Orton? The Bald Randy Orton was a good that's a Yo, good Randy Orton was dirty, man. When he was kicking folks in their face and stuff, yeah, man, that was a wild boy. That oh. RKO come out of nowhere. Also, somebody just texted a name that I think would have to go on my Mount Rushmore along with the Iron Sheik. I think Vince McMahon is Mount Rushmore of heels. Yeah, I agree. The Mr. McMahon character that they created, it is one of the greatest heels ever, and the stuff with him and Stone Cold, it's some of the biggest spots they've ever done in wrestling. So I got to give him that love. I'm going to go Vince in the number two slot. Yo, when Stone Cold pretending to be the doctor. <laughs> Dude. That's just, it doesn't get better than that. Uh, I'll take over from here, nurse. <laughs> we all heard that voice and we thought, uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. And that bedpan was legit on his skull, man. That was before Vince got rid of the headshots. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, <laughs> Steve hit him hard Yo, with that he thing. he rung that dome. Stone Cold was the best at that. Oh. Like, when he was in the supermarket with Booker T. That was great. And just trashed the supermarket. Such a and he's good beating idea. the crap out of Booker. Just legendary. That he might, loved that stuff. That may be the greatest match not in a ring ever. Yeah. Just for overall, yeah. humor, good match, it was interesting to watch, and they destroyed everything. That might be the one. Yeah, because he heard him on the on the speaker. <laughs> he, heard, he heard Stone Cold on the speaker. <laughs> this dude's like looking at eggs and stuff like it's a normal day, and he's shopping. And... Check out on aisle four. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It was fantastic. All right, so uh, NBA Finals cranking back up tonight. Also, we want to hear from you if you are a legit Golf fan, Uh-oh. PGA, especially if you're a PGA fan, where are you today? If you've now heard from Rory McIlroy on a press conference, Jack Nicholas has made some comments, PGA guys have made comments, Phil, DeChambeau, Kepka, all kinds of different uh, reactions have happened overnight. Where are you today? Because I'll admit, I'm a, I'll peek in every once in a while PGA fan, Zay, and I'm still confused as to what is all happening here and how to process it up you know how to process it because you told them you told them that if they went to this other place they could never come back and play for you and now you're saying not only are we not saying that anymore now we're going to merge with them and all of that money that was funding them is now going to fund us everybody good okay it's crazy it's crazy turnaround i mean taking your players, those players are still winning majors, and even though Liv hasn't made money, they just got money to blow. Yeah. So that fun PGA is losing money because players are being taken away, you know, moral aspect just kind of goes out the window, obviously. I read that that fund has $600 billion in it. Billion? And they've spent two. <laughs> two on Liv. See, that's, yeah, that's wild. Dude. So, and then you said this a couple days ago discussing it, and uh, I thought of you when I was listening to Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau said, I don't know all the particulars, but from what we were hearing, Brooks doing what he did and me playing the way I was playing, because remember, he was close with the last one. I think it was the PGA where he put up a bit of a fight. Yeah, he looked all fit and stuff. Yeah, it was top five-ish, something like that. He said that. He feels he does feel like that put a little pressure. Yeah, on the situation. Oh hell yeah! You mentioned that the other day, and we talked about it. Where when the if a PGA guy wins, it's because he's tested and the four rounds matters. But if a live guy wins a major, it's the wait a minute is Brooks fresher? Yeah, chilling. Yeah, yeah. is he able to practice more? Hanging out with the family. Is his mental health better? And he's getting paid. <laughs> yeah. And like crazy bread. Yeah, my mental health might be better too if I won $4 million winning a tournament and then I got extra time to practice. Yeah, there's somebody that we don't know about that was probably thinking of leaving. And they're like, all right, this is getting ridiculous. We got to do something. We might not find out who that was. I'm not saying it's anybody as big as Tiger. But again, with what we saw Brooks Koepka just do and they're, PGA's losing money while – the Saudis, they don't care about losing money because they got so much to blow. It just kind of makes sense, even though it's pretty dark. Yeah. Is it the fact that that's one thing I don't know without seeing the books and hearing the story? Is it that the PGA is losing money, or is it just that they're not making the money they want to make? 
They just mm. want to make more. See, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that might be it, too. Like, do we really think the PGA Tour woke up two weeks ago in the red? <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's fair. So if I'm, a, if I'm a golf fan, here's a couple things I would, that, that, that would be interesting to me. If you're in the moral discussion of this thing, the fact that it's you know the PIF money, Saudi money, you think it's dirty money and all that, um, there's a couple things to keep in mind. The reaction from Jack Nicholas. I thought it was telling. He basically said, I talked to Jay Monahan. He said it was best for golf. I want what's best for golf. I want what's best for the game. Never mentioned morality. Never mentioned human rights. Never did any of that. Rory McElroy basically said, we need to figure out how to get this money and do good things with it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you remember when Nino Brown in New Jack City, big drug dealer, he was passing out turkeys to everybody at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then, yeah, I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about the movies where the mob boss or the drug lord is like building a school or something and like, like giving back, yeah, right, and giving back to the yeah. community. Uh-huh. Is, is it okay then? Uh, so Rory kind of took that stand. We haven't heard from Tiger yet. And how about this quote from Bryson DeChambeau? He deflects a question about the human rights record in Saudi Arabia and about the 9/11 families group that was upset, and says, "Quote." I mean, look, it's unfortunate what has happened, but that's not something I can speak on because I'm a golfer. End quote. There it is. Wow. Yeah. So he, like, took the whatever her name was that told LeBron to shut up and dribble. He's going to shut up and swing? Is that what he's saying? (laughs) Is that what he's doing? Zay, somewhere Bill Russell just turned in his grave. Oh, bring Bill into this. Somewhere Somewhere Muhammad Ali is the, the, the spirit of Muhammad Ali is thinking, what did he just say? What heck, Bill Walton? I'll talk about that thirty for thirty oh, coming up. Stop it! Bill Walton is thinking. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're not going to make a cop. You were asked a question about human rights and nine eleven families, and you just fell back on. Sorry, man. I'm a golfer. I can't talk about that stuff. Yeah, man. Okay. That's hey. That's where it's at. Wow. Jeez, everything's changed just like that. Just like that. A year ago to this day, things were so different. It was nuts. By the way, DeChambeau did continue. Uh, he said, Saudis buy shoes too. Oh. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. I'm sorry to you, Michael Jordan You should have just went Charles Barkley. I am not a role model. <laughs> I am not. I am not a role model. A role model. Uh, we'll continue to talk about that. Let us know what you think. If you're a big golf fan, how are you dealing with all of this? I've heard some fans already saying, hey, I was a PGA fan, but no more. If this is going to happen, if they are going to be funded by that money, that group, I'm not watching the PGA anymore. Some fans have said it. Are you one of those fans? Let us know. Specs text line 337-3776. Up next, let's talk some football. Micah Parsons went where? With a comparison for this Cowboys defense. And Josh Allen, meet Curse. Curse, meet Josh Allen. Next, on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, here we go. Getting started on a Wednesday. This is fitting that you're playing this song after the Canadian wildfires. Because I think it's a Canadian band that originally did this song. I think it was the, was it the, the Guess Who? The yeah, American Woman, that, that I sounds think, right. the first time. Mm. This is Lenny Kravitz's cover. And Zay, I'm going to say it out loud. I don't know if it's controversial. This is better than the original. Oh, yeah. Lenny Lenny did this song 
not just justice. I think he bettered it. It's, I mean, it's got that great funky Lenny Kravitz vibe to it. The guitar work, the vocal, I think, is a little better. So, to all you Guess Who fans, I'm sorry if that's offensive to you. This is a cover I like better. Lenny Kravitz getting us started today. Chad and Zay with you. We are giving the RIP to the Iron Sheik throughout the show by talking about the Mount Rushmore of heels in wrestling. Somebody throws out Sheik, Roddy Piper, 80s Flair, and Yokozuna as their four. That's a good group. Yokozuna was fire, man. That's a good group, and I think they've just filled out mine, Zay. I'm going Sheik, Vince McMahon, Roddy Piper, and Ric Flair. Because Ric Flair, to me, is the example of when you say who's the greatest of all time in pro wrestling, it needs to be somebody that was equally good as a heel and a babyface. Some guys can only be one or the other. The truly great ones can be both. And Flair, to me, is one of the greatest heels and one of the greatest babyfaces ever. Yeah, I agree. I'll put Flair as my fourth, too. Because when he was, when you were supposed to hate Flair, I mean, Flair and Dusty Rhodes back in the day, probably it's my... so funny. Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Flair and Sting. It didn't matter who the other guy was in some regard, because Flair could make it big, and then those guys brought what they brought, and it was... It was Incredible stuff. I loved him as a heel. You ever do the figure four leg lock on like a little cousin, a nephew, or something like that? Thank God, no. Mm. No. Oh, you never lived, Mike, man. Ne- th- here's one of the greatest things about my, my big brother's three years older than me. Thank God he wasn't into pro wrestling. Thank God. Because yeah. I'd have been in every figure four. I'd have been <laughs> pile driven. I'd have, I'd have had all of it. I'd have been power bombed through tables yeah. if my brother was into that. Thank goodness none of his friends were. He was not a pro wrestling guy. I was, but I didn't have a little sibling. I didn't have any friends that were doing that to me either. Yeah, I had an older brother, and he was in the pro wrestling. Uh-huh. So it was, it was rough. So but, you got, like, Walls of Jericho and no, all that put on not, you? No, not as much. The figure four, that was his go-to. Could he make it hurt? No, not really. Okay. It was just kind of – So y'all were just – I met- was ticklish, so he would tickle the hell out of me, and that's still ticklish. And that was an issue. Okay. Yeah. So he was just kind of messing with you. It yeah. wasn't like he, it wasn't bad. He wasn't tr- doing true damage. Now I do have friends who have little brothers, and oh man, on the trampoline and stuff, used to get rock bottom, yeah. stunnered, <laughs> RKO, <laughs> the whole nine, man. So much fun. RKO on the trampoline, <laughs> on the trampoline. All right, let us know about your all-time heel, Mount Rushmore. Rest in peace to the great. Iron Sheik, dead today at the age of 81. Uh, Lots of stuff going on. NBA Finals tonight, obviously. We've got that PGA Live discussion going on. Let us know if it changed anything for you as a golf fan. People are talking about the different angles of that story. Also, we'll get into some football here. We are only, let me make sure I get the count right. We are, let's see, uh, we're under 100 days, I think, for everything uh, in terms of the NFL, it's 90-something days till that first game for the Cowboys. So, Zay, Micah Parsons with a quote. It always seems like it's Micah, and he's probably the best player they've got. So I guess I can't get too mad as a Cowboys fan. I just wish they'd all shut up saying things like this. But, hey, 11's 11. So what's the latest Micah Parsons thing that everybody's going to talk about today? Yeah, I don't think it's too bad, but we're talking about it. And it might put some added pressure on this year's 2023 Dallas Cowboys team. Micah told the Cowboys Wire about his defense. We all know how each other plays. We all know how to communicate with each other. It's just like in a relationship. You start from ground zero. You got to learn how to build the basis of how each other works. 
That history is going to be great. That was the difference for that Ray Lewis team. They all came back and were like, if they can't score, they can't win. I'm hoping we've got one of those special teams this year. Woo! That's a... That's a high bar to set for yourself on defense. Yeah, and just to give y'all some perspective on that Ray Lewis team, which are, we're, he's talking about 2000, that legendary defense I would that we just saw the 30 for 30 on with Goose and Rod Woodson and obviously Ray leading the pack. Yeah, uh, yeah. that first playoff game, they beat the mess out of the Broncos 21-3, just gave up three points. Mm. Um, they gave up a buttload of points against Tennessee the next game, 24-10. to um, <laughs> then they gave up three to the Oakland Raiders and seven to the New York Giants, which we all know that was an absolute bloodbath in the Super Bowl, 34 to seven. So, Micah, I know Big Mike's talking about running the football, but I don't see no Jamal Lewis on that other side. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, some people will say Dak Prescott is better than Trent Dilfer. You and I were talking before the show. That might not be accurate either. Yeah, I mean, we're just again. It, there's to me, there's just no need to invoke a team like that. We're talking about Ray Lewis and Siragusa and Adams and and all those guys. I mean, that was such an incredible defense, and that is not quite Ed Reed, right? Ed, no, he, Ed, was, he was still at Miami. Ed's only on the second one, but just an amazing team. You're absolutely right to bring up Jamal Lewis. Now that. That defensive mindset does speak to what Mike McCarthy is talking about. Run the damn ball and rely on your defense and all that. If the Cowboys had a running back that even kind of reminded me of Jamal Lewis, I'd be way more excited about those comments. Even if they had a running back whose name was Jamal, I think I'd be more excited. Or Lewis. Even if he looked like Jamal Lewis, I think I'd be more excited than what I am right now. But I like I like the idea of Micah's throwing out. There's just no need for that. I don't know. To me, there's just no need for it with what we just saw. I mean, is that is that the mindset people have had about? I know this Cowboys defense is good. This Cowboys team is good. Is anybody really thinking two thousand Ravens when they watch them? Well, first off, Micah, hopefully you're not involved in any murder cases or anything. So now that's you're off to a good start there. We don't, don't buy compa- a white suit. Yeah, don't buy a white suit. No, we don't want to compare in no that you know sense of that 2000 team. No, but yeah, you haven't done anything yet, and it's it's the it's the right idea. Like that's let's keep that in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Like let let's I'll, I'm talking that with Trayvon Diggs. I'm talking about yo man, you could be the Rod Woodson to my Ray Lewis. You know, just behind the scenes stuff, but throwing that out there because you're the Dallas Cowboys. You're the biggest team in the NFL. You make the most money. All eyes are on you. Anything that you say is going to be took and used in a different context. So now we got him throwing this out there when I'd probably pick the Eagles over them still and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I I get what he's saying. That's if that's how you want to do it. If that's how Mike McCarthy wants it to go, then sure. Like, why wouldn't you want to look at the 2000 Ravens and say, you know, look for that as any type of inspiration, aspiration to win the Super Bowl. I'm with that. Just we don't need to know. (laughs) And it's kind of it's kind of, you know, what does that say about Dak? Because, again, Trent Dilfer. 
I mean, he was good for that team, but we know Dak definitely puts himself on a bigger pedestal than what Trent Dilfer provided in the NFL. I know Dak probably has him by way more Pro Bowls. I don't know how many Trent made, but... See, it all depends on... And, and just somebody texted us, hey, y'all just lost me with the Dak comment. He's not better than Dilfer? That's asinine. Come on, he's a top-five quarterback in this league. Dilfer was never top half. There's a part of that argument I agree with, but... And so I was, I was just pulling up numbers here, like career career numbers for Dak, 66.6% completion for Dak. For Trent Dilfer, his whole career was 56. Okay. It was at 59 for the year with Baltimore. So he was 12 touchdowns, 11 picks, you know, in that particular year. My gut tells me, not to use the S word too much, but Dak should be the pick there. He absolutely should be. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, so I agree with that texter, but, you know, Dilfer was more highly thought of coming out of college. He got drafted much sooner and all those kind of things, but he also had that incredible defense. So it's, it's both of those things. Do I think Dak is, you know, do, is Dak better than Dilfer if you compare everything? You know, you're not comparing anything else? Yes, probably. But is that defense Dilfer had way better than what the Cowboys have? I would say yes to that as well. It's just a that's a bad comparison to me. Yeah, it is, and that was a different time. Like that team in two thousand, they were taking people's heads off. Like that was the way they played is the reason why we have the rules today, where you can't touch no damn body yeah, because of how aggressive they were, yeah. and they didn't give a damn about your well being one bit. Like that, and they intimidated people. Now you just can't hit guys the same way, so you have to play differently. And as good as Dan Quinn is. I, and I expect him to be good again this year, especially when you're adding Stephon Gilmore to the di- uh, to the mix. I think that's going to help guys like Trayvon Diggs on the other side, and definitely just him being a former defensive player of the year and coming from the Patriots. Like Stephon, excuse me, uh, Stephon Gilmore is perfect for that team. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. he has the right mindset, you're not you don't have to worry about him off the field and he's going to be a great leader inside. Like if I was him, I'd be like, "Yo, bro, let's, you know, let's chill a little bit. Let's let our yeah. play do the talking." Cuz right now they have an idea of what they want to be. They have absolutely no proof they can pull it off. They have none. None. Their coach is going to call plays without Aaron Rodgers for the first time. And they have a running back room that I would say is it's questionable as to whether they can do it that way. You don't think Ron Jones could do anything this year? Anything? Yes. <laughs> okay. Enough to do what they need him to do? I'm not sure. I just I don't know. And then how does Dak play into that? How does the play calling from McCarthy play in, you know, the, the Dak discussion? Somebody else text us, Dak top five, that dude is high. I would agree with that text as well. I wouldn't put Dak top five in this league. No. That's just me. I'm a Cowboys fan. He's my guy. He's my team's guy. But are there five quarterbacks in this league I'd take before Dak? Oh, yeah, there are. There are. I wouldn't take me very long to figure out who they are either. Come on. Five Cowboys fans, be honest. I'll give you five guys you could bring in right now. You're going to take Dak over all five of them? Come on. Yeah, I'll probably take Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen. There you go, five right there. You said Mahomes fourth. That was the first no, name. No, I wasn't in I wasn't head, putting it in yeah. any order, but, but yeah. I'm just saying, yep. yeah. That's the first name I thought of. Like, come on now. All right. So uh interesting stuff there from Micah Parsons. Also, speaking of Josh Allen, who I think you just mentioned at the end of your list there, Josh Allen, it's official. He is on the Madden cover. Yep, on the cover of Madden twenty twenty four. All right, Buffalo fans. Here we go.
You ready? Ready, Bill's Mafia? It doesn't hit all the time. It's not a 100% curse, but it has gotten guys. So let's be careful in that preseason. Let's watch Josh, watch Josh Allen in those training camp workouts. Are you going to do a workout with another team? Be careful now. Yeah, I want to know who's like won a Super Bowl or MVP the same year. I, I think on the cover had to be somebody. Somebody has done it, but it's gotten guys too. Because it's gotten guys on the injury aspect, but now they're putting it to you just don't have a good season or you don't live up to expectations that yeah. were coming in based off you being on the cover. I'll say we can throw you into the curse. If you're on the cover and your team doesn't make the playoffs, I'll throw you into the, curse, the curse discussion, stuff. right? Yeah. That's curse-ish, curse-ish kind of stuff right there. All right, coming up at 105, our weekly conversation with Justin Wells of Inside Texas, Longhorn basketball stuff, football stuff, baseball stuff to get into with Justin. Up next in the crap bag, Bill Walton, 30 for 30. I started watching it. Tell you what I thought of it next on the Horn. Chad and Zay. Rolling through a Wednesday. Lots of great text rolling in on the Specs text line 337 3776. Somebody is texting in saying we are two of the biggest drama queens they've ever heard. I haven't even read the rest of the text. I'll read that in a second. Uh, Zay, this is yes with owner of a lonely heart, right? That's right. Yes. That's true. The story goes. And I'm sure, very good. Why you like that I hit that thing? Come on, that wasn't now. bad at What's all, up, man. Not bad at all. Um, it's like and, Dennis Rodman hitting the three. Y'all didn't expect that. <laughs> it really was. Those are like Ron Artest. <laughs> when Ron Artest would spot up for a three, you were like, "What is he?" Boom, and he would hit one every Yo. once in a while, and you're just like, "Oh, that's incredible." Oh, Ron Artest was knocked down that <laughs> second or the fifth ring that Kobe got when they beat the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. yeah, when they beat the Celtics, he had that huge shot for them to close out the Celtics and. Yeah, Ron would hit him timely, though. He'd be a timely three-point shooter for that L.A. squad. He had every right to brag about that title and get as excited as he did because I agree with you. They don't win it without him in that Game 7. That was one of the ugliest Game 7s I've ever watched. It and it was a bad performance from Kobe. Yeah, like That team was just clunky and ugly. And I kept watching thinking, are they really going to let this happen? Our test did hit two, a couple of the biggest shots in that game. Um, all right, uh, shout-out to our guy Jeff Howe of Light the Tower and, of course, Horns247.com. He's a big wrestling guy. He sent us his heel Mount Rushmore. He says, Hogan, convince me he's not a better heel than he was a babyface. Interesting discussion. Yokozuna, Edge, and Savage. Yo, I'm with you, Jeff, on that Edge. Edge was hard. Edge was fire. You know what? Edge and Bill Goldberg, which Goldberg was a football player, but they should teach tackling classes for the Spear. Oh, yeah. Oh, Spear. And Rhino. Put Rhino up there, too. All three of those guys, man, they made the Spear. That's one that I've never let my brother do on me. Hell no. It's official. You're a wrestling guy. You just mentioned Rhino. Yo, Rhino Spear? Don't sleep. That's what I'm saying. That that makes you. I'm gonna stop saying you were a wrestling guy Thank at you. one point. Yeah, give me my props. Now you're a wrestling guy. Give me guy. my credit. Baby. You're now a wrestling Thank guy until you. you're dead. I'm after, with it. After saying I'm that, with it. Uh, Jeff also reminds us on Yokozuna when you got Jim Cornette talking for you, it makes you that much more of a heel. That's true. When you have the right valet 
the right guy. When Bobby Heenan's talking for you, you are a better heel than if he wasn't. Yeah, Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette, one of the all-time greats there, Yo, too. What Yokozuna did for the Polynesian guys like Rikishi and Ungama, I think, Umega. Wow. Umaga. 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 Yeah, yeah, man, guys like that, those big guys that can move. I'm missing one. There's one more. Uh, do you say Rikishi? I said Rikishi. Uh, big, the big, big Polynesian guys. I mean, the, the obviously there was uh, the somebody I, mentioned the Wild Samoans earlier from way back. Are they Samoan? There were. I mean, I'm saying there was a tag team called. Oh, the Wild, okay, I'm about the Wild to. Say, oh, okay, okay. Uh, that was good. Um, so if you have uh, thoughts on that, we're saying rest in peace to the Iron Sheik today. So we're talking villain Mount Rushmore, your heel Mount Rushmore in pro wrestling. Uh, coming up at 105, we'll talk to Justin Wells from Inside Texas. Want to get his thoughts on KJ Lacey, class of 25, badass quarterback that Texas just got in the class. Uh, we'll also get his thoughts on Texas baseball, getting ready for Stanford, Texas basketball, um, making things official on the coaching side of things. Also a new strength coach, right? Yeah, yeah. I forgot his name, but he came from the Suns. Yeah, from the NBA. Right. A guy that's just been hanging out with, uh, obviously, Kevin Durant and that crew. Yeah, yeah. Good get. Yeah, absolutely. We'll ask Justin about those things coming up. Right now, let's get you a crap bag, and uh, we'll talk Bill Walton and 30 for 30. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I mentioned the Bill Walton 30 for 30 yesterday and said I was going to maybe give it a try and watch a little bit of it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. (laughs) I've watched about 20 to 30 minutes of the first episode, and I think it's going to be excellent, especially for those of us that didn't remember the whole career. Those of us that just came in like at the end of the NBA career, when he was already beaten up, when he was already injured, when it was already a Celtic thing, now I'm getting to learn a little more about growing up, the family stuff, high school time, his brothers are in this thing talking, his sons are in this thing talking. He goes and visits his old high school coach in the early going like, I, I got sucked into it. I did. When it's all about, it's not, it's, it's not that I don't, I don't totally recoil from the idea of something being all about Bill Walton. It just can't be during a game broadcast. So I realized once I started watching this, okay, I like him enough that I'll go through this and see what it's like. Because he is a different brand of vodka in a great way to me. He is a weird dude in terms of drafting him, the fact that Portland drafted him, and how perfect the fit that was. They've got people talking about all that. So I was in. Part one and two was last night. Part Three and four is going to be next week. The director tried to argue at the beginning of it, but hey, it's Bill Walton, and I felt like to tell the whole story, it needed to be a lot of time. It needed to take a while. And so far, I have not felt bored. Um, the, the the pace of it's pretty good. So, Zay, I'm in. I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. It wasn't the fact that it's a 30 for 30. They definitely should be doing a 30 for 30 on Bill Walton. It's just, does he deserve four parts? Yeah. And like you said, it was good so far. I need to check it out. I'll probably do that this weekend. We'll have a little bit more time on my hands. But, yeah, he's a very interesting guy. So it's intriguing to know how the guy that we see today, how that come about. Uh, just in the short time I've been watching, I have already heard a comment from Kareem and Larry Bird. Okay. So they got big dogs in this thing. Yeah. 
talking about him and, and all those different stories. So um, that was uh, it, it was pretty darn good. So check that out if you like. Uh, later on, we'll talk about that Allen Iverson documentary. Zay got to check that out on NBA TV, looking at the 01 Sixers team. Happy 48 to Allen Iverson today. It's crazy. So we'll talk more about that. That is crazy. Uh, also, happy 42 to Anna Kornikova today. Oh, man. She is so Anna Kornikova. We'll have to mention her a couple times today. 42 for Anna Kornikova. Yo, I don't even know if she won a match or not, but I was locked in as a little kid. Like, who is this woman? Like, Zay, what do you know about tennis? I don't know a damn thing about tennis, but this woman, I will watch it for her. Take a guess. This is how powerful sometimes looks can be. This is how the pretty people rule can take over. Take a guess how many WTA singles championships did she win? Singles tournaments. How many did she win? One. You oversold her. Oh, Anna. None. None. Now, in her defense, she and Martina Hingis, one of the most interestingly hot doubles teams that ever existed, <laughs> uh, she and Hingis won, I think, two Grand Slam doubles titles. Okay. But she never won no Grand Slam singles titles, but she never won a singles tournament ever That's in the tough. WTA. She was that level in terms of playing, yet she was that popular on the other side. That's how hot she was. Wow. It's incredible. Incredible stuff. Good tennis player. Just couldn't figure out how to get over the top and win the tournaments. Yeah. Who would be the NFL version of her? Jimmy G? Mm, well, we got to see how that – we got to see how it plays out. Jimmy okay. G's been to the dance at least. Yeah. I'm not sure if she ever played in a singles final oh, in a Grand Slam. <laughs> in a Grand Slam. I don't know if she ever played in a singles final. Somebody would have to tell me if I'm missing <laughs> that one. But, my God. Dude, people used to show up. Like, in droves to watch her practice. Just find that practice court. That's a little creepy. Yeah. No, not a little. It's a lot creepy. Yeah. But, you know. There's one thing to, like, follow her on TV and be a fan. And, you know, when she's on the cover of Maxim or all all the magazines that she's on, like, buy the magazine. I get that. Just being a fan. Like, going to practice and stuff when she's not even that good. That's Mm. that's tough. It's a crazy discussion. It's a crazy discussion, and the, the the world of women's tennis had a tough time with it for a while, too. Oh, I bet. Because the one that really broke the mold and was both, hey, can't they be hot and successful? Obviously, the Williams sisters were attractive oh, Serena, and successful. Man. But then on that side of it where you were talking about like hot model level white girl who could play, Sharapova ended up being that. Yeah. Where you're going, oh, yeah, she's really good. And she wins? Yeah, yeah. that's good. And they've obviously been good-looking women who've played, you know, played really good tennis, too. But, yeah, she was that weird dichotomy for everybody back in the day. Happy 42 to Anna Kornikova today. I think she's still with Iglesias. Enrique? Or did they split? Did they split up? I didn't even know they were together. You didn't? I mean, I don't follow him or her, really. They were in one of his videos together. One of, Maybe the sexiest video ever made. And they might be the best-looking couple I can think of. See, now that you're talking about it, I kind of remember you, what you're talking about. Don't you remember about. that one? Where, yeah, I remember she was in the video. They were and, making out on that bathroom counter. Oh, man. Don't you remember that? I kind of. Trust me, once you see it, you never forget it. That is a that is a good-looking crew now. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Partner Enrique Iglesias, three children. <laughs> they're not even married. They've just been together. What? Yeah, it doesn't even say they're married. It says partner Enrique Iglesias, three children. All right. You talk about genetic lottery. Yeah. What are those three kids doing today? 
Probably modeling somewhere. God, love them all. All right, happy birthday to Anna Kornikova, and rest in peace to the Iron Sheik today. We'll keep hitting all that stuff up next. Some Longhorn stuff to get into. Football is only 87 days away, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get uh, Justin Wells' thoughts on that uh, class of 25 quarterback that's already in the class, his thoughts on the season, his thoughts on baseball, maybe a little basketball as well. Justin Wells inside Texas next on the Horn.